0: Morning. Oh, that's a little loud. Sorry, y'all. Wanted to make sure it was working. I don't know if some of you uh, remembered the last time I was here. I had a problem getting this thing, uh, you know, on. <laughs> so, but um, just uh, bow your heads with me in prayer if you guys don't mind. Dear God, we just worship you and praise you, Father. We uh, thank you so much for, uh, for another day, another Sunday, Father. Uh, another moment here uh, on this uh, earth with your uh, mercy and grace, Lord. Uh, we just thank you so much that uh, that we get to continue uh, to be here, and I uh, praise you, Father. We ask that uh, you just uh, continue to speak to us, Lord, and let us just have a great Sunday. Amen.
1: All right. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you. Excited to be worshiping and able to fellowship together. Um, so are we going to do the uh, greeting this morning? I'm so sorry, Katie. Yeah. You ready for it? All right. Well, we're going to start our time together as we typically do with this um, reading together, so if y'all follow along. Lord be with you. And also with you. All right, and then we'll take a moment to pass the peace to one another. No. Worship. We're gonna sing. Got it. We're going to sing. That's awesome. <laughs> well, uh, Well, with that, I'm going to invite you to stand and we'll worship and sing together. us out bless the Lord
2: bless the Lord of oh my soul oh my soul worship his soul i yeah.
3: goodness God oh I will sing of the goodness Vem,
1: Father, let's give him praise. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this morning. We thank you that you've given us thousands and thousands of reasons, God, to worship you. uh, For the rising of the sun uh, each day, God, for the blessings, for your scripture, for your word. Just what you've um, shown um, in so many different scenarios, in so many different circumstances, God, that you are faithful. That you are present that you are with us. Even when our our momentary circumstances are difficult and challenging, um, there's so many things that we're battling, God, but I pray that we would be able to just come to you with open hands and and whatever we're struggling with, whatever we're dealing with this morning, that we would be able to give that to you, that we would be able to come to you just with hearts of surrender, trusting and knowing that you are good. and that we can trust you with our future, whatever is ahead. God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to worship together and to be in your presence. It's your name we pray. Amen. Now you may pass the peace. So. I'm going I'm to say this reading.
3: <laughs>
1: Let the peace of the Lord be with you.
0: All right. How awesome is it to to walk around and talk with each other? Uh, that's uh, for me. It's always energizing. So just uh, to see everybody's faces here. But Lord, uh, we just uh, we thank you so much for your faithfulness, Father. We thank you so much that uh, that you continue to uh, show your mercy and grace to us, Lord. And uh, Father, uh, you're just such an awesome and mighty God. Lord, uh, we ask that um, as uh, Tw- uh, Dwayne comes and preaches up here today, that uh, you flow through him, Father. That uh, even though you speak to us all in different ways, Lord, just uh, allow us to open up our hearts and uh, hear how you're speaking to us today, Lord. And let us uh, receive from uh, this, uh, uh, this uh, preaching, Lord, um, that uh, whatever it is that you want to show us, Lord, that, that we receive it and accept it and bring it into our hearts. We thank you so much, Father. We just uh, thank you for uh, Dwayne, who's going to come up here and preach.
4: Amen. Well, it was 1987 when Ruthann and I moved up to Portage, Indiana, and the uh, interest rate on the house was 14.1 percent. Jimmy Carter was the president, so it's not that bad now. It's only eight percent. But you know, so many people nowadays, we've, uh, because of COVID and all the rest, seem like we have a lot of people. Who, instead of living with a life of expectancy, wondering what God's going to do tomorrow, instead, it's just the opposite. What else can go wrong? One thing good next week, by the way, you get to change your clocks. You get an hour extra sleep before Pastor Rich gets up here. All right? Don't forget that, or you'll get here and the door will be locked. You'll think, well, what happened? It'd really be a bummer, wouldn't it? So anyway, you got some blanks in your notes I'll get to in a little bit. But first of all, I just wanted to let you know that it's amazing me how many people nowadays don't expect things to get any better. They don't expect things to change. And uh, they get out, they, they, they kind of go out each day sort of expecting a short end of the stick and they tell me, you know, well, nothing ever happens to me or I don't see how I can ever get out of debt or... I'll never get married, or I'll never get promoted, or I'll never, never, whatever it is. I don't think I'm a four or whatever. But here's the thing. When you're a follower of Jesus, you need to change what you're expecting. God meets us on the level of our expectations, folks. And if I don't expect anything good, if I don't expect anything higher... I don't expect those negative situations to turn around, then guess what? My own wrong thinking is going to set a limit on what God can do for my life. So I want to challenge you today to raise your level of expectancy and get your hopes up and start believing in God's favor, because God has so many great things in store for us during this day and age we live in, and God can turn any situation around, but we have to do our part to take the limits off. And so instead of always expecting the worst, why don't you start expecting the best? And instead of expecting each day they barely get by, why don't you just decide, okay, I'm going to live the abundant life that God has for me today. And you get up in the morning, and I've told you this before, one of the things I usually say, okay, God, it's you and me today. Guys, I've got to remind myself that God's in control. And I'm just going to follow. So what are you expecting today? What do you believe God is doing for you today? Like the little old was going to school and had a little backpack on everything and everything and all of a sudden here came three big bullies. And any one of them could have taken him down and he knew that's what they wanted to do. And so he just backed away from said, wait just a minute. He backed away. He drew a line in the sand. And then he backed up and then he said, okay. Who wants to, I dare you to cross that line. The biggest bully crossed the line. He put his arm around and said, man, thank you. Now we're on the same side. And it just broke that bully up. He just started laughing. They became best friends. See, you, you, you just need to realize this is going to be a great day. Why? Well, it says in your notes, this is the day the Lord has made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. Why not? Since God doesn't make junk, this is going to be a good day. And where God is going to be working in my life, in whatever way it comes. Whether it's a time, maybe it's going to be a time where I'm planting something or maintaining something or harvesting something. I have no idea what part of my life that I'm in right now, but I know that God's love surrounds me wherever I go, and God is making the crooked places straight, just like He says He will, and something good's going to happen to me today. You see, we need to get out of our mind, we need to get our mind going in the right direction. So many people, not, we hear so much negative stuff on the TV and the social media and everything else that we just think, man, this is, even this is too impossible for God. No, it isn't. It isn't. Put your faith out there and start expecting great things to happen. Look at what it says in the book of Isaiah there in your notes. The Lord is waiting to show how kind he is and to have pity on you. The Lord always does right. He blesses those who trust him. What are you trusting in today? See, you notice God is wanting to be kind to you and bless you, and it only happens if you're looking out for his kindness and expecting him to do a great thing today. In other words, we should be actively be releasing our faith for more of God's favor. And I don't say, say it arrogantly, but when I go out each day, I'm expecting God's kindness and blessing, and, and, and I'm expecting that him going to be there when I need him, at the right time, at the right place. I just saw it happen this week. So many different things. I had breakfast with a guy yesterday. His name is Tim. And he was one that told me years ago we were going through a tough spell. And he was my associate pastor. And he said, um, so it at Dwayne, he said, he, I'm always talking about people writing things down on a three-by-five card. He said, you need to get your three-by-five card out. And every prayer God answers, you need, to start, you need to start writing it down. And I told you that one other time, and it just happened this week. I got a call. Somebody needed to see me, and, and don't you know it's in a big parking lot, and I'm thinking, God, if I can't get, you know, the, the, a pace at the front, I'm not going to get there in time. The doctor may already take them or whatever. So anyway, I'm driving up there, and I just feel like I just go to the front. So I went to the very front line, and as I did, a guy's walking to his car, and he puts his hand up like this. He backs out, and I got his spot, and got right in there in time to have prayer with somebody before surgery. You never know. You never know. They say, why do you expect God's help? Well, it says in your note, you expect God's help not because of who I am, but because of whose I am. Think of that a minute. Whose are you? You're God's child. He's longing to help you. As I was a kid, I had to go to a speech therapist because my three sisters couldn't understand me, and somebody's a appreciate your prayers for my sister and her family. She's um, getting closer to heaven every day and I probably will be making a trip to Kansas this week or next week for sure. But um, she lived her life to go to heaven, so uh, she put right in her living will, you know. Don't you dare hook me up to anything because I am ready to go. She's got a husband that's been up there ahead of her. She's ready. She's 80 years of age. She's ready to go. But it will go back to my childhood when I had to go to speech therapist and uh, he was not good with kids. i come out crying most of the time, but at least he got me so that my mom and dad could understand me, my sister could understand me, and, and, uh, but I'd go to school and they'd laugh at me because I didn't sound right and I'd talk too fast, and a psychologist finally told me for about 30 years ago the reason why you talk fast, Dwayne. I went to see a psychologist and said, okay, what's my problem? I can't seem to slow down. People say I talk too fast. So I told him my background, he said, well, I don't know exactly why you do. Subconsciously, you're afraid if you slow up and stop, When you stutter, you can't get going again. But if you keep talking, you don't have a problem. And I felt like God wanted to be a preacher. I said, no way. When I was 12 years of age, and I've never even told Pastor Rich this, he'll find this out when he listens to this. But I was 12 years of age when I felt like God wanted me to be either a preacher, missionary, or something. And I just thought, God, this is nuts, man. I can't even talk. I can't even pronounce my words right. I'm, you know... I'm right where I need to be. And because people laughed at me, I was kind of introverted. I thought, I'm right where I need to be, on a tractor, out in the field, enjoying life, being a hermit. And I thought that's what I want to be. I went to college, my dad said I'll pay for it. So my dad paid for a college tuition to uh, become a farmer, and do my own soil testing, fertilizing, all that kind of stuff. Middle of my junior year in college, that means I've been in college two and a half years. I'm taking a final test in soil science, and I've got the soil, I put it in the test tube, and I saw, oh, yeah, we were short on this, and we need a little more phosphate, and, we need a little more, and I could tell what we needed for the crop we were going to plant next year. And it just hit me all of a sudden. It's like God changed the desire of my heart. And I thought, why? It, it, I guess a bit back backup, give you a little more history. I was at a state university. And uh, with a bunch of cowboys and all in the agriculture department, they were chewing and spitting and doing all that other stuff. And God put it on my heart to reach them for Jesus. And it was really an eye opener. And I had to find a church, first of all, that wasn't so churchy that I could take them to that spoke language they understood. That's why when I preach, I use pretty small words so people can understand me when you come off the street. So anyway, It hit me. Why do I want to be on a tractor somewhere where I could be telling people about Jesus? I'll never find anybody out here in the field in Kansas and not a neighbor for five miles. What I'm going to do? It's like a desert out here almost. So I went home and told my mom and dad. I said, "You know what? When I was 12, God talked to me, but I didn't believe Him. And finally, I believe Him. He wants me to be to share the good news about Jesus. I didn't know what I was going to be. I didn't call myself a preacher. I didn't know I'd be preaching. I didn't know what I'd be doing, but..." I knew I was going to follow God, and if I was going to do that, I need to go back to school and learn about the Bible so I can answer people's questions. And you know what? Anytime I talk about Jesus, I have never stuttered ever. Jesus took care of it. So expect God's help, not because of who I am, but because of whose I'm in. And if God wants you to do something, say, okay, God, it's you and me. Look at what the psalmist said in Psalms 8, 5. God made you a little lower than, you made us a little lower than yourself, and you have crowned us with glory and honor. So man, God has crowned you with glory and honor, another word for that word honor is many times favor, with glory and honor and favor. It means to assist you, to provide you with advantages, to receive preferential treatment. God just simply said, I want to help you through life's uh, journey. I want to assist you. I want to give you an advantage the world doesn't have. Just listen to me. It's a shame to go through life negative, defeated, never expecting anything good to happen, when God Almighty has already crowned us with glory and honor and favor. As followers of the risen Christ, we need to hold our shoulders back and live with confidence, knowing that we have the right to walk in victory and that we have the right to expect good things. We have an an advantage in life. We, We have the blessing of God. He wants us to do unusual, unprecedented things. But if that's going to happen, we've got to start living and expecting, like, God's going to use me today, and I don't know where or how. That means we're not only expecting God blessing and honor in life, but we're also, number two, we're going to declare God's blessing and glory and honor in your life. Every day you should just wake up and say, God, I just want to thank you that I'm your child and you're blessing in my life with glory and honor, and help me today in whatever it is I need to do. If I'm a school teacher, God, help me today to help understand these kids better so I can teach them better. God, help me to be with whatever it is. Just remember that, Father, I thank you. I have your presence with you. You'll never leave me or forsake you. In other words, letter A, I need to believe it. I need to believe God really there with me because he says he is. Everywhere you go, all day long, just thank God for his presence in your life. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. In fact, that's the next verse in Hebrews 13. It says, the Lord has promised. He will not leave us or, divert or desert us. See, it's not just enough to think about it. Sometimes you need to kind of like, one of the things I really enjoyed when I, when I was able to run before my heart started acting up was, I could be out there early in the morning. Nobody's, I could just talk to God out loud. Nobody thought I was crazy. They didn't hear me. But I can remember it. See, words give life to your faith. Even if you're just talking silently to God, those words mean something. And we just need to declare the blessing of God's favor on our life, just like you do every day when you brush your teeth. You do something else. Say, "Okay, God, I'm just glad you're here with me today, and I have no idea what it's going to happen, but I just know one thing: something's going to happen because I'm your child. So let her be. I need to expect it." I need to expect it. I don't only really believe it, but I expect God to do something today. And I may not be the most qualified person to do it. God doesn't care if you're qualified or not. He wants to know if you're available. He doesn't care about your ability. He wants to know about your availability. Do you know it's a proven fact that people can get promotions even though they're not the most qualified? I was talking to somebody just last week about selling the house. And they said, you know what? I said, God worked a miracle. I knew he would. He told me to sell my house because we were downsizing, so we sold our house. I said, how'd you do that with 8%? He said, guys, God was in it. There are two more houses for selling our block. They didn't sell. Ours did. But we just knew we were going to obey God, and God helped us sell our house. So give God the glory when he does something like that. He causes his light to shine on you. He causes you to stand out in a crowd. And if people are going to... (laughs) If people are going to want to be good to you because of your positive attitude and disposition, it comes from reminding yourself that God has crowned me with his glory and with his honor. And you might feel lousy some days or sleepy some days or whatever, but praise God, he's going to use you anyway. Here's what's interesting. Carnegie Foundation, they discovered that to be successful on the job What you need is relational skills more important than knowledge. You need to be able to relate to people. Get along with people. It found out that 15% of a person's success was determined by job knowledge and technical skills, and 85% was determined by your attitude and your ability to relate to other people. And the Bible tells us how to do that. Paul writes it. Paul, of all people that we've been studying about, he was the one that wrote through the book of Romans that Pastor Rich has been taking us through. Here's what Paul says. Stop being bitter and angry and mad at others. Don't yell at one another or curse each other or ever be rude. Instead, be kind and merciful. Forgive others just as God forgave you because of Christ. You say, well, that's easy for Paul to say because he's having it easy. No, he's not. Do you know where Paul wrote this? He was in jail, in prison, in Rome. Paul's desire was to go to Rome because Rome was the center, basically the center of the universe back in that day and age. And he wanted to go there to reach people. He knew, if I can reach people in Rome, I'm, we'll reach the world. He didn't know that God was going to take him to Rome as a prisoner. And on the way, he was going to be shipwrecked. And he saved all those sailors by being able to share Jesus with them and said, my God tells me if you'll just hang on to a piece of wood, you're going to get to shore okay. And in the middle of a strong storm, that's what happened. The ship came apart. It must have been a little hurricane, and, and they landed on land, and guess what? Those settlers became Christian, and the people on the island became Christian where they landed. Next thing you know, he finally makes it to Rome, and then he tells, tells these people, hey, don't be bitter and angry. Well, wait a minute. Aren't you in chains, Paul? Yeah, but then Paul tells us later, do you know why I'm in chains? He said, guess what? Caesar, the secret service, they know Jesus. Not Caesar, but the secret service. They have to come see me every day. They have to guard me every day. So I tell them about Jesus. And guess what? They go back and tell Pharaoh, whoever it is that's in charge over there. Not Pharaoh, but Caesar. But it's interesting how Paul knew he expected God to use him. He didn't care where he was. So I need to believe it and expect it and then let her see. I need to thank God for it. Whenever God is gracious to you or others have been gracious to you, don't take that for granted. Just be very grateful. Say, well, thank you very much. God, thank you. Man, I needed that. If it's an individual, say, hey, thank you. And sometimes it's just a small thing. I mean, just a small thing. One of the things that's helped me Wednesday night is the, I like to come to that Wednesday night meeting because we have some homeless people there and we have some other people. That we have everybody from a wide range of people. And guess who's usually the most thankful people are the ones with the least, and I said, "Boy, God, you had to teach me that. That was pretty amazing. No wonder you wanted me to come on Wednesday night. You wanted me to come on Wednesday night because Ruth Ann does children's quizzing, and she can't drive in the dark. And I don't want her running into somebody and dying. Then who's going to do the cooking? So I'm bringing her. God has blessed me with a good cook. I'm not going to take that for granted. But it can just be something small. It doesn't have to be something big. I remember one time we were out in California on vacation. We used to go to Santa Barbara." every uh, middle of January to middle of February. i just take my vacation all at once. And because uh, here it would be maybe 20 above or 20 below, and there it would be 40 for a low and 60 for a high. And, boy, we were used to the cold, so it felt great. We'd be walking around in shirt sleeves, and they'd be, like, shivering out there. And uh, <clears throat> one time we were in Macy's, and we thought I needed something. And so uh, we talked to the sales lady about it. Said, said, well, you know, this, this was... We thought it was on the 60% off sale rack at a Macy's. Well, somebody stuck it there and it didn't belong there. I said, oh man, I'm sorry, we can't afford that. And I said, Ruth, why don't you go look at your racks over there? So I'm talking to the lady after she took it, I said, you know, I said, uh, you've got a great job here. You meet more people and you've got a beautiful smile. You need to keep that up. I said, that, 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 you got a great smile. And, she, and we got to talking a little bit and she said, Okay, she pulls the shirt back at her, whatever it was. I forget, maybe it was a sweater. And she said, um, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but this goes on sale tomorrow for another 40% off. I'll just give you the sale price now. Ruth comes out of the store, and I've got this sort of What are you doing? I said, "You I've got to take you in here and show you the, to Elaine. I go there, and hey, Elaine, my wife really wants to thank you for giving me this on the sale price. <laughs> but you never know when God's going to show you a favor. That lady didn't have to do that. You said, well, Dwayne, nothing like that ever happens to me. Well, listen, you need to be living expecting something good to happen because God loves you and wants to bless you. And I didn't know it was going to be a sweater on sale, but, hey, we only had so much money. We knew how much we needed, and God provided. Well, I tried it for three days, and it didn't work. Yeah, three days won't work. You need to make it a lifestyle of believing for the best, expecting the best, thanking God every day for his goodness. In fact... <laughs> I guess I won't say who, but I was talking to one individual here this morning, and I said, well, how are you doing? He said, pretty good. I woke up this morning. I thought, yeah, that's the way, man. If you don't wake up, the body's gone. You'll be in heaven. But, hey, she's thanking God she woke up. I thought, that's super and still breathing. And you get to be our age in 75, you better be thanking God for everything. In fact, here's what it says in numbers in your notes there. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you, show you his favor and give you his peace. When we really walk in God's favor, when you really know that you know that you've been crowned with glory and honor and favor, you're going to go around beaming. with you like, man, this is another day. God may have a in story. You never know. But I'm going to pray. I'm going to be ready for it. And sometimes it's good surprises. Sometimes it's a tough time. And I thank God he's there getting me through the tough time. Because without him, you've heard me say before, I remember times when I've had to say, God, if you can help me through the next five minutes, I really need your help. And five minutes goes into 15 minutes. Like, oh, man, that went by fast because God was helping me. I think about Moses. He received the Ten Commandments. He comes down off the mountain, and it said his face was so bright that to put a veil on it. I guarantee you, you go around with a glow, man. You go around like you've just been with God. And, and, and people are going to, they're not going to know what it is. But the last, I told the group Sunday night, Wednesday night, I said, one time I remember this guy, he's a big bully in a big warehouse I was working at in Kansas City when I was going to seminary. And he's just me and, and, and every time I'd see him, I'd heard of some bad things he'd done. If he didn't like somebody, he'd just punch him or something. And I just, I, he came one time, he said, now, Dwayne, he says, why do you go around smiling all the time? I said, what, I'd tell you, but I don't have time. I said, where are you going to be at the next break? He said, can I meet you there, and I'll tell you. And it was amazing. Long story short, that guy opened his life to Christ. And instead of becoming the bully, he became my defender. You don't talk like that around him. He's going to be a preacher. (laughs) And I mean, to tell you, ladies and men, I mean, they didn't dare cuss around me because he'd nail them. But it was amazing how, you know, when you have the favor of God, he does strange things sometimes you don't expect, but it works out. And ever since I became a pastor and then since I retired, I've always prayed and believed that God would give me favor with people who are listening to me speak because I know, man, I don't have what it takes to speak because I've it's been proven to me in speech class and other stuff. I, but but yet, Father blesses me and so I said, God, I want you to bless me today and help me to reach people, to change your attitudes today. And guess what? They you will it doesn't matter. Every time I speak, I either get an email or somebody will come by and say, man, that is just what I needed. And you know, if you don't get anything out of, out of it today or next Sunday, but maybe the Sunday after that, God will have something just for you. So come to church expecting something good that will help you release your faith in that area you're struggling with. you got to believe it, expect it, and thank God for it. What, I love what Paul says, again, in the Amplified Bible. It says, God wants to show us the immeasurable, the limitless, the surpassing greatness of his favor. He wants to show it to us. I tell them that tells me God wants to do unusual, unprecedented things. We got, we've got to stir ourselves up, start believing for more of that. It seems like every week, I mean, even here, I'm glad now I've quit being a temporary pastor at places because I'm getting to know some of you. And even here, somebody will come up and tell me, hey, you don't believe what happened to me last week. I, yeah, I think I can believe that. You're a child of God. What would you expect? And I, we've got some expecting surgery. Millie's having surgery tomorrow morning and Scott's having surgery in a couple weeks. And I'm telling you, even in surgery, God can help you because I found out I've been in a hospital. I'm just asking you today to believe for bigger things. Put your faith out there. Spend time with God. Listen to Him. Start living more favor-minded. God wants to be good to you and bless your life. And I'm not saying life's going to be easy all the time. It isn't. We live in a day and age when the old body wears out and you may have to have surgery, you may have to do this or whatever it is, but I'm saying is... If you don't get your hopes up and start believing in bigger things, if you don't live more favor-minded and keeping God's blessings in mind, then you can rest assured you're not going to see much happen in your life because you need to listen to God, obey God, and through faith, that's what activates God's supernatural power. So let's say you put your house up for sale. Some salesman says, you ought to put your house up for sale. And you're thinking about it, well, nah, nobody's going to want to buy this whole thing. Just watch. It's going to take forever. I know it. it will. Do you think that way? It will. You've already defeated yourself and put limits on what God can do for you. So just, just, listen. You need, you're on the verge, some of you're on the verge of trusting God to do great things in your life. And you either jump in and trust God to do great things or you're going to miss it. Some of you are not believing in big enough things. You're not expecting things to go your way or you're not expecting to get any of God's blessings. I want to challenge you to make a decision today that you are going to get rid of that negative, limited mentality, and you're going to begin to let God bless you. I mean, start believing in some of that immeasurable, limitless, surpassing greatness of his favor. God longs to be good to you. But are you looking for God's blessing? Maybe it's in your personal life. God can help you. You just need to try. I know some of you, there. you're going through great difficulties, got some obstacles in your path, and you're kind of thinking, I don't want to hear about God's blessing and favor. I, don't.
0: I want to know how do I get out of my
4: problems. That's what I want to know. Well, let me tell you something. God... The favor of God can turn your situation around. Nothing is impossible for God I found out in my life. That's one advantage of living older. You get to book them back on place, and man, that was a God thing there. There's no way that could have happened by accident. God can bring you out of that adversity. In fact, I love what David says of God that had adversity. Look at David. He says, the favor of God keeps my enemies from triumphing over me. No wonder he could defeat Goliath. He knew he had the favor of God. The blessing and favor of God can do the same thing for you. And all through the Bible, there are examples of people in great time of need. And yet God's blessing and favor showed up and turned everything around. Think of Noah. Let's write in Noah. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord, it says. In other words, God's supernatural ability came on him and assisted him and helped him to build a huge wooden ark that saved him and his family and all of creation. Think about Ruth. Some of you know about Ruth. Her, She lost her husband, her mother-in-law. Naomi lost her husband, and they, they had no money. They were barely surviving. And that was before the days of disability and all that. And so what they did during harvest, they'd go out and, and, and follow the people that were harvesting the grain by hand. And little by little, there'd be a piece here and a piece there, and they were just picking up grain. And Ruth just was picking up grain. And Ruth says, I'll do it. You stay home, Naomi, because you're older and you're not in that good of shape. Barely surviving. But she believed in God, and she thanked God for that grain. And the favor of God, <coughs> God came on Ruth, and she found favor with ba- Baez, the, Boaz, the owner of that field. And, 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 and Boaz, and she, she said, may I continue to find favor in your eye, Boaz, because you you're the one letting me, you're letting us collect this grain. And Boaz told his worker, said, hey, from now on, I want you to leave a few handfuls of grain every so often for her. She deserves it. She's out here working, she's doing what she can and she's blessing God for it. And now they had all their needs supplied, more than they needed and all of that. Here's another example. How about Joseph, sold into slavery by his own brothers. And in slavery, he's mistreated, taken advantage of. And it said, the Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor. Every place they put Joseph, man, he just continued to obey God and continued to prosper because God kept blessing him. Even when he was lied about, thrown into prison, you think, well, that doesn't sound like much of a blessing to me, thrown into prison. Guess what? They couldn't keep him down. The favor of God was on him even in prison. Each of these examples, God's favor came in the middle of a storm. What storm are you going through right now? I mean, it came in a flood. It came in a famine. It came when someone was being mistreated. See, when you're in one of life's challenges, maybe you have a difficult thing going on right now in your life. And it's challenging. Let me tell you something. You maybe somebody's mistreating you. Or maybe you're struggling financially. It's just so tempting to get negative and discouraged and expect the worst. But you need to, more than ever, in this day and age, in the day we live in, Become favor minded. That means expect the situation to change. And say, okay, God, I know you're going to bless me, but I need your help just to get through the next five minutes, the next 10 minutes, the next whatever it is. Maybe you got a child that's running with the wrong crowd. Father, I just thank you that your favor is going to help turn him to you someday. He's going to find somebody somewhere that's going to direct him to Jesus. I can't tell you how many times parents came to me all discouraged because, oh man, my child got that. Now, long story short, he ends up in jail, ends up in prison. And I said, Well, hey, that's a perfect place. We'll just pray. God gets him close to a Christian that doesn't know how to be quiet. And the next thing you know, he'll. And sure enough, they find Christ in prison. And they said, Now I get to see him for eternity. Yes, you will. Maybe you're struggling financially. Well, just thank God that his favor is going to open doors that will help you someday to prosper. I didn't get it in your nose, but 1 Peter 1.13 says, Set your hope on the divine favor that is coming to you. Put your hope on God's blessing. God's saying, hey, if you just keep your hope up, favor's coming your way. Blessing's coming your way. And you may not be able to see it right now. <laughs> we can only see Pastor nose barely. God sees tomorrow. In the natural situation, it may look impossible. But keep believing, keep expecting him. He promises that favor's going to show up. And let me tell you, when God's favor comes on the scene, things are going to change. Just like David, the favor of God will keep your enemies from defeating you. Just like Joseph, the favor of God will cause you to always rise to the top, whether you're, you know, been sold into slavery or in a prison or wherever. You're going to be there. God's favor will open up doors to you that men say is impossible. So let me challenge you to live your life favor-minded. Just say, God, I just thank you every day that I'm a child of the king. And then I need to live like it. So don't just sit back and see what life brings your way. Be aggressive. Believe for big things. God wants to show you surpassing greatness and favor, his favor. He's longing to be good to you. And you just need to open the door so he can be good to you. Be looking for it. And when you're tempted to shrink back, just kind of settle for mediocrity and not expect anything good, you got to remind yourself. You've been crowned with glory and honor, the Bible says. You're a child of the Most High God. And God wants you to be favored. He wants to assist you. He wants to help you what you're going through and give you advantages in life. And if we'll just do our part, he'll do his part. So make a decision with me. You're going to expect good things this week. And he'll make his face to shine down on you. You'll you'll get his favor and he'll meet all your needs in abundance. And I believe you'll experience the victory he has. The last example I want to give you is Joshua. How would you like to be the guy that takes over from Moses? I mean, he brought him through the Red Sea, ate manna for 40 years. I mean, how would you like to be the guy that follows Moses? And yet, Moses couldn't get him to cross the Jordan River because there were giants. And they didn't expect God to help him with giants. And here's what God told Joseph, Joshua. He said, Joshua said, I will always, not some of the time, part of the time, maybe sometime, once in a while. No, I will always be with you and help you as I helped Moses. No one will ever be able to defeat you. So what Joshua do? He goes into the land of giants. The people believe God and God does great things. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear God, because we're human, we all have problems and difficulties. But if we look to you for your help, you can guide us to the right people or help the right thing to happen. Whatever it is, however you choose to work, you make it happen. So we don't need to worry that much. We just need to trust you. Say, okay, God, here's the problem. And just be honest with God and just tell him what it is. And as, we tell, as we're honest with you, you can help us. So I ask you to do just that. Help us. This week, be open to you and realize you really want to help us if we just expect it and believe it and begin behaving, behaving like it. And for that, we give you thanks this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In just a moment, Romeo is going to... Uh, be up front here, and we'll be able to have communion, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Which, by the way, you know, we're getting ready to get close to the birth of Jesus, according to Walmart and every other store I've been in. <laughs> and uh, but first of all, let's just say the Lord's prayer, and then we're going to have uh, Matt and Julia Julia uh, go ahead and uh, lead us in another song. Let's sing, let's pray together. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us the trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for the Lord is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. By the way, when you take communion, you're defeating the devil. When you take communion. You're admitting the devil was defeated. He thought he had Jesus in the grave, locked up solid, and guess what? He rose. If God can do that, guess what? You're his child too. He can help you. So today as we take communion, let's rejoice and be glad. enjoyed that let's give him a hand wasn't that great really great well I like that verse of scripture at the top by the way if a verse of scripture helps you I always tell people just cut it out tape it on the mirror something so it's the first thing you see in the morning last thing you see at night it'll really help you but on the upper right hand corner on the right I mean on the right side here's what it says may the Lord bless and protect you may the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace this week God bless you all